Hello, welcome to my podcast, I'm a Mum, Fix My Life. I'm Antonia Jones, and today I'm joined by a mum of one, Jude Clay, who describes herself as a co-parent to the best boy in the world. Now, Jude is an expert in her own right when it comes to co-parenting, which is what we'll be talking about today. And mums, we've also got some of the questions you've submitted to, and we'll get those answered. Jude is also a finalist in the Brit Mums Awards, and she received an accolade from Brit Mums for brilliance in blogging from the UK's original influencer network. And she is a writer who describes herself as a 30-something single and working parent. She has now set up her own blog called Gluing Cheese, been empowering mums, providing them with handy tips from co-parenting to relationships. And some of her stories and articles have even featured in the press, such as on BBC News Online. Welcome to I'm a Mum, Fix My Life, Jude. Hi there. Nice to speak to you all. Thanks so much for joining me. I've just gone through this introduction and I am so fascinated by your journey but most of all I'd love you to start off by telling us about your co-parenting journey so far. Yeah so I've been co-parenting my um, four-year-old son for nearly three years now um, since I split with his dad and our marriage ended. Um, It's been quite the rocky road there's been amazing highs there's amazing lows um, as there is with every parenting experience Um, And we've both learned a lot along the way on how to manage that relationship and always put TJ at the heart of all of our decisions. But um, we're getting there. Things always change. And then once when we think we found our stride, something else will change or something will be a phase in his life and it will throw us a new curveball. But we've um, navigated things as well as we can through unexpected times and expected ones. And um, the main thing is, our little boy TJ is happy, healthy and always laughing, which is all we can ask for. Oh, that's fantastic. Just to know, because I know of the likes of some of the pop stars and they have co-parenting. So I do know Coldplay, Chris Martin um, mm. and he's his partner, Gwyneth Paltrow. I believe that they have a co-parenting regime going on and it seems to be working well so far. And so so for yourselves, when you just reading your blog and going through your your journey, just Mm. when you got to that point where you said initially you was out, you know, enjoying life or living your best life, so to speak. And then um, you decided to try for a child and then your child came along. And then at that point you got to a point where you felt that there wasn't that connection no more how was that for you yeah so me and tj's dad have been together for um not much shy of a decade um before tj came along um and we'd had a reasonably rocky relationship in the lead up to that but when the time was right that you know we did try for a baby and we thought it was the right thing to do at the time um however it's not a bed of roses having a baby and we learned that pretty fast um our views and our approaches to most things in life including parenting just were not aligned and you know what we just weren't happy particularly me and it was actually me who took that step to end the marriage and move about an hour away back home um away from London and give us all a chance to be happy that's all life's about everyone needs to be smiling and everyone needs to feel positive and embrace the opportunities that they can have and I don't think either of us felt that we were doing that in the situation that we were in um and there's been no regrets really I mean the first few months were tricky to say the least and managing co-parenting obviously has its pros and its cons and one of the biggest cons obviously being time away from your kid, which no parent yes. really wants to have to do on a regular basis. 
Um, and I think we both took a long time to kind of find our stride with what to do on a Friday night when we haven't got a kid in the next room. Um, but equally there's huge benefits to that too. And we both found that really fast soon that, you know, it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. If you approach it from the right kind of mindset that, you can have your own life still. You can have your own freedom. You can spend your weekends how you want to spend them. And then the following weekend, you can spend them at swimming classes or a soft play center. So you kind of can keep your foot in both camps of life. And um, I think that's given us both a better balance than what we had when we were living under the same roof. And our lives have both taken us in different directions that never would have happened otherwise and that can only be for for the better really and that's really important where you talk about having your own life and you say that you're a working mom and a blogger and um it's it's kind of that you know your your kind of outlook on life you're very positive and sometimes parents feel that they can't have their own lives or maybe in a situation where life doesn't permit for them to explore other avenues um, where financially or mentally some may be going for a breakdown due to the breakup but as you you mentioned going to get involved in different activities that's something that was very helpful for you. My friends and family were an unbelievable lifeline and they still are um, I'm very fortunate and I'm not the only kind of single parent within my within my close friendship group or the only parent anyway um, and they've been hugely hugely supportive um, it, to kind of in the first few weeks after we sold our sort of marital home I actually lived with a couple of my friends for a while and when I didn't have TJ um, when he was with his dad so it was quite the regression of life if you will but but my friends were an unbelievable support and they will always be yeah I am fortunate in that way but that doesn't mean it wasn't really difficult and it did take quite a lot of time to kind of get the the outlook that I I do have now it has been three years to kind of get to the point where I think you know what this is good obviously there's still horrible moments on handovers and you know I'll cry reasonably regularly for a few minutes after that and I never want to see my boy go um But I know it's the right thing. And I know that also I'm incredibly fortunate that TJ's dad is really hands-on and will always want to be involved and is a 50-50 split of time, which, again, has its pros and cons. But as far as I'm concerned for TJ, that's wonderful. Um, And we have sort of managed that sort of 50-50 split from day one, which has been helpful for everybody. That's really helpful. And it's also good to know with the mums listening as well, whether they are going through a separation right now and are considering co-parenting as well Mm. and whether someone is you know recently divorced and that's the situation they find themselves in there'll be many situations where they have to have this talk some parents and to discuss sharing the care for example in terms of sharing the care was that like once a week we kind of split the the working week and then alternate weekends. So TJ was um, attending a nursery and then a preschool nearer to where his dad continued to live. And I moved that hour back home to where my family and my friends were. Um, so actually he was doing kind of half the week at that preschool living with his dad, which is when I was working. And then the latter part of the week with me when I wasn't working and switching around weekends. And that's been the way it's been for three years. That will all change in September um, when little man goes to school and we've got a bit of a plan on how to continue to split the working weeks. But 
it won't be quite the 50-50 days that it has been beforehand. Um, but he's still going to be with him pretty much half the time, which is really great. And I know I'm lucky in that respect that a lot of people don't have that. Um, it doesn't come without its trials and tribulations as well, of course. Negotiating weekend rotors and handovers and everything like that isn't without its um, blood, sweat and tears, shall we say. But um, But it's worth it in the end. And it is scary. Like you say, you know, people who might be on the brink of um, a breakdown of their relationship and considering this, I was petrified when this first came, you know, into my life. And it was a really, really scary prospect. Um, And I struggled with it for a reasonable amount of time to get my head around the fact that that was going to be my life. And 50% of the time, I wouldn't have my boy with me. And I was going to be a single parent, which it took me a long time to get used to as well, because sadly, we don't have the best reputation, massively undeservedly so. But yeah, over time, I've just, I really embraced it and think it's a wonderful decision for everyone involved, really. And you do talk about this on your blog where you say single mums have a rough reputation when really yeah. we are changing the world. And I love that statement which you gave. Thank you. Yeah, I really believe it. I think there is a stigma around single mums um, and single parents in general, but I feel it is a little bit more weighted towards the mums. Um, And it's so, so undeserved because we work so hard, you know, we do so much, you know, I actually think single parenting is more like double parenting because we are doing it on our own. And it's for me, particularly, it's sort of 14 hour days with a really demanding little boy, which I mean, I wouldn't change a hair on his head, but it's constant. So I've never really been able to understand why that would be negatively portrayed and why we should be kind of feel a little bit of the shame or or just the sorrow that I felt when I was first joining that amazing community of people. And in the last maybe two years or so, it's really, it's opened my eyes to how wonderful all parents are. We were all doing an incredibly difficult job. Um, So single parents shouldn't have that kind of maligned reputation that sadly we still do. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I know that you've written a particular article which has some pros and cons of co-parenting. And I'm sure Mm. that once I ask the questions that some mums have submitted, that will help to shed some light on any kind of advice they need. And we definitely say you are an expert on this. It's like with anything, once you find your stride with something, it does become easier. And I I am fortunate as well that TJ has adapted to it all incredibly well he is very in tune with what's happening he gets sometimes that mummy and daddy don't live under the same roof but other times he'll throw in some tricky questions about why that is but for the for the most part for the majority of the time he is incredibly well adjusted to it all and that was one of the reasons that I kind of initiated the split so early on um, I thought you know he's only just he was about a year and a half old and thought this is never going to last forever this marriage was always going to end So kind of rip off the plaster, get it over and done with and hope that he would not feel quite so, um, he wouldn't struggle with it too much if it was done at an earlier age. And I hope that's, that will continue to be the case. And that's really important that you say that because that brings me on to my next question about child development and how um, TJ coped and you've mentioned Mm. he understands. So is it about being transparent with your children? How much information should you relay to them? I, I believe in um, age-appropriate, 100% honesty in the situation. Um, I, I make it clear to TJ that mummy and daddy weren't happy and this was the right thing to do. And that because of this situation, he's got all these new incredible experiences in his life that he wouldn't have and new people in his life that he wouldn't have too. 
um, both me and his dad have moved on and met other people and, you know, uh, experiencing new situations that just wouldn't have happened. So I try to focus on the positives whilst not shying away from the fact that things weren't great and we did struggle and therefore you can change it. And I hope particularly as he gets older, and much of it might go over his head now, but particularly as he gets older, that it will teach him really important um, and valuable life lessons that you don't have to stick with something you're not happy with, no matter how difficult it might seem at the time. And, you know, I felt very trapped in a, you know, a house that I couldn't afford to buy on my own. And how would I work my job and where would I move to? And a million questions that made it feel like I was very stuck where I was. And it was difficult to overcome those obstacles, but it wasn't impossible. So I hope as TJ gets older, he will realize that for himself too and will have the empowerment and the confidence in his own life decisions to know that you never have to settle. That is a fantastic outlook to have and to be so positive because the children then grow up with that mindset as well. So fast forwarding to your writing, your journalist, a blogger, a writer, and you know, we've come from the same arena, which is amazing to know. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's just so good to know that you have continued in your journey as your passion for writing and you have been involved in a range of publications and you have also become a finalist as well for the Brit Mums. Yeah so it's, it's, it's a funny situation how it all came about. Um, um, I started writing for a website called um, Kiki Blah Blah before the split happened and the irony of that is that the lady who ran that website, a lady called Sarita, I met because she was my wedding makeup artist (laughs) and we just kind of stayed in touch. And when I became a mum, she contacted me about writing for the website. And so I did that for um, a few months, maybe just shy of a year um, before she decided to take that website in a different direction. Um, And so I decided to give it a go on my own, sort of been a, a trained journalist and working in PR and digital marketing for a number of years and really wanting to have a voice in this space and you know, really champion single parenting and talk about my experiences with that. But it just seemed like the logical thing to do. And it's quite a um, cathartic experience as well, you know, to just kind of get my thoughts out there. It's a, quite a personal blog that I write, which I think is why it's quite different to a lot of other um, mum blogs out there, which is more kind of activities or things to do. Mine's like, right, this is in my head. This is what I'm thinking. And yeah, it was last year it, it caught the, the Brit Mums judges' attention, which is great. And I was a finalist in the Fresh Voice category, which was insane, but wonderful at the same time. And it's really nice to get that kind of recognition for, for what I'm trying to do, which, you know, is just really share experiences and, and engage with other people who might be going through similar things and empower them to feel positive about it too, really. And also I've seen that you talk about relationships and much more yeah. and you've got tips on co-parenting and, and what best place to be when you actually are an expert in that subject. That's your craft. So that's why I, I would imagine why you were actually put into that category and um, yeah, I hope recognize so. yeah. what you did. So my burning question, where does the name gluing cheese come from? <laughs> yeah, everyone always asks this question. And um, I think when I was deciding whether to do this on my own, I didn't want to be in the same category as a lot of other mum blogs out there. They're all doing amazing things. It's not a slight at all. It's just I didn't want to be in that space. So gluing cheese is actually a metaphor for doing things that are ridiculous and seemingly impossible. 
um, and at the time dating as a single mum and living life as a co-parenting mum seemed both ridiculous and impossible to me and so it was just a metaphor that I made up based on a silly story where my son TJ ripped a baby bell in half and asked me to glue it back together which is obviously ridiculous and impossible so <laughs> gluing cheese <laughs> that's it <laughs> a stupid stupid incident where it was a toddler tantrum about a baby bell and it just it stuck in my head as just something that was just funny and quirky and and different and that's the kind of ethos and vibe that I wanted for the site anyway so and it's more memorable than you know Jude writes or something so yeah and that's a bit like I'm a mum fixed my life. It is about exactly. empowering women. And once they see the name, they just think, what is that? What does it mean? Yeah. But it's not about saying, mums, you need to fix your life. It's just kind of, it's about, can I fix my life? Do I need to make some changes? So now it's your turn, mum. So Jude, I've got some questions which have been submitted. So I'm really intrigued at getting some of these answered. Amazing. <laughs> As you're the expert. So I've got a question from Donna from the South of England. And and she has a few questions and she's asked, mm-hmm. do you think that co-parenting could have an impact on your child's future relationships? Uh, potentially. Yeah, I think um, anybody's upbringing and their childhood experiences can impact them either one way or the other. Um, I hope that for TJ and his situation, it would be in a positive way and that it will, like I was saying earlier, it will give him life lessons that will empower him to feel like he doesn't have to stick with the maybe the wrong decision he makes in the future um and actually I think there would have been more potential risk for negative impact should me and his dad have stayed together I'm very much not a believer in staying together for the kids I think that's really really damaging um and that if there is a better future out there for you as a mum and also for the dad then it's better for the kid too because they want to see happy parents. They want to be brought up in a positive, happy, fun environment. You know, if they're being brought up in a sad, depressing, you know, unhappy home, then that's not going to happen. So I think it can have an impact. Um, I think it's with any parenting experience, there's a huge level of responsibility. It's something I was acutely aware of and I'm still acutely aware of and that it could have an impact but I work really hard to try and make sure that that's a positive one and that when those conversations come as he gets older that I'm ready to talk about it in the right way and say you know you don't have to ever ever you're never stuck no matter what. And that kind of brings us on to the next question, which you've hinted at. So what do you think about the co-parent discussing their relationship about the other co-parent with the child? So you just touched on that slightly. I mean, I I, I am fortunate, as I said, like um, TJ's dad is very involved, very hands on. um, And we have quite open communication. We have our bumps in the road, as anybody does. um, But for the most part, we are on the same page with things. And we do have open conversations about how we think those things should work. Really, all you can hope for is that there is those open lines of communication and things are going in the right direction. And that that's only for the benefit of the child that they can see their two parents managing things together um, and that they will embrace that themselves. So um, the final question from Donna, how do you deal with a child who is clearly disappointed when the other co-parent frequently counsels arranged pickup times? That must be really, really difficult. Um, I think there's this huge potential for things to go wrong in co-parenting and not just 
intentionally, but also unintentionally, lives happen. And when you're co-parenting, you're juggling two different lives, potentially four different lives. And it's, it's very, very difficult. Me and TJ's dad had a very strict um, parental plan that we put together um, very, very early on. And we've tried our best to, to adhere to that at all times. And we have been lucky that that hasn't really strayed from, from what we intended. There has been times when we've had to, both, on both sides, pick up where things might have gone a little bit awry. Um, but I think that's where this communication is important. And again, I know I'm fortunate that not everyone will, will have that situation with their kid's father. Um, and I guess the only way to do that would be to either put things in writing. If there is any changes going on in the parental plan, we try to make sure it's all formalized and not just kind of conversations in a hallway or on a driveway or anything like that, but just to really kind of keep things cohesive and keep things written. And then there's, you know, it's just, it's trying to respect each other. And if there is any problems, pull people up on it. You know, I've had it happen to me and I've done it too. It's not okay to, to not be reliable. And if you can't adhere to the arrangement that's been made, then and it is detrimental to the kid, then things need to change. Right. Thank you for that one. We also have a question in from Lydia from Surrey. And she says, how do you get the other co-parent involved when they don't want to be? So for example, after they get married, have kids and show no interest in being a parent of your child? Um, that's really their responsibility as, as the other co-parent, to, I would imagine, to really decide how that should go forward. You can't force anybody to do anything in this world, which is a real shame. Um, and I can only hope that things will continue in, in my situation where that won't be too much of an issue. Not to say we haven't had our fallouts and our battles, because who doesn't? Um, but I think that would be a case of maybe getting some legal support, some legal advice, um, and don't let the child feel the negativity of that if that's possible. Um, but still keeping it open and honest, you know, it's, it's, it is up to that other parent what role they play and just trying to keep it as amicable as possible. That's some really good sound advice as well, because um, as we mentioned about being transparent with your child mm. and also discussing how you feel about um, your child to the parent, that's not the way to be um, and how you feel about them to the child as well. And yeah. so it's, I would always say having that sounding board as well, some friends or family members, someone that you are really close with that you can say, right, that's it. I've had it today. And then kind of letting off your steam in that way and all that yeah. energy. And that's the best way um, I would say to do it as well. I think it's about having a support network of, of other people around you who maybe understand what you're going through or maybe don't understand what you're going through, but will listen and be there to, to pour you a glass of wine and hold your hand if that's what you need, <laughs> you know, because it's never easy. Even if you're not a co-parent or a single parent, parenting is the hardest job in the entire world. Single parenting and co-parenting throw new dimensions and aspects into that. And it's all about really relationship building and authenticity. Um, I don't hide my emotions from TJ and I hope I'll never have to. He's seen me be sad he see me cry when he's going off to his dad he see me be on top of the world when I get him back and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because he will also feel sad leaving sometimes whether it's my home or his dad's home or he'll feel happy coming to another one and I want him to know that it's okay for him to show those emotions too by seeing me show them and you know what if he sees me cry then 
you know, that's fine. That doesn't bother me. I don't think that's detrimental. I think that's a p- particularly um, somewhat stereotypically, I guess. But for a boy, I think that's a really positive thing to see. Um, that you don't need to pretend everything's okay when it's not. Again, I'm constantly just agreeing with everything that you're saying and all of your responses. <laughs> you're just saying be, be transparent and that is the best way yeah. to be. And sometimes parents have grown up in homes where a lot of the kind of adult conversations or issues are kind of held behind closed doors which most of them mm. are but then mm. no emotions are shown and mm. in later life someone could then say right um, I don't know how to show any emotion because my parents or my family didn't show me any emotion then that mm. then impacts on the child as well so absolutely um, I think it's quite generational isn't it as well that you know our, our parents and may have been brought up in a very different mindset where you know particularly boys it wouldn't have been okay you know they would have had to bottle up their emotions and you know that's not that's definitely not the way I feel about life and I I wasn't brought up that way either um but I think there is a lot of people that will have been in it I think it's it's potentially very detrimental to to be that way um yeah authentic honest open all the time that's always been like full disclosure in all in all areas um where age appropriate um, but yeah, I, I never hide anything from TJ and I hope that he will never feel like he has to hide things from me. That may change when he's a teenager, fully aware of that. <laughs> things do change, but, but then that's yeah. a whole other realm that you have to go into yeah. then and you'll be... Uh, I'll wait a know, decade for that. Yeah. <laughs> you, probably have a P- you probably have a PhD at that point. <laughs> I'll definitely have a headache. (laughs) So we've got two more questions in. So one question from Vix in Scotland, and you've touched slightly on this again, but how best is it to cope with an ex who's being a really difficult person in every way concerning co-parenting? And Vix actually said she wanted to mention some other stuff online, but obviously we're online, so we have to be mindful. So we've just kept it just like this. Yeah. I think it's really difficult when there is um, either big problems, little problems between that co-parenting arrangement because it's. I think it's really important to keep things civil. Um, me and TJ's dad have experienced some issues, some disagreements um, about how things should be done and how to move forward. Largely for us, it's been over pretty minor things and the major things have been weirdly more easy to resolve. But I think that's when, if there is anything that, you want to say to that other person that it's always, it's always written, you know, that these snatch moments on handovers are not the time or place to be having those conversations in my opinion. And I, for me, I've never found them to be effective anyway. Um, or if they are, it'll be okay. Well, I'll follow up with an email and we'll talk about it then. And not that we've really ever had to stray into that path, but should it ever happen, then there is a, there is a written record. So if it does go down a legal route, you have got all confirmation of all communications and it's not kind of remembering what was said or picking to bits of pieces of conversations together. And hopefully, you know, lots of us would never have to get professional legal advice, but it is there, obviously, um, if people need to. And if it's all written down, then not only is that kind of a mind dump and it's there and it can, for, for me, that's one reason why I do the blog, it gets it all out and it's a beneficial, cathartic experience to do that but also then it's easier to take forward if required. So I would just try and keep everything civil in front of the kids if possible and do everything in, in a written form. 
And then you say um, about writing information down and so that you can yeah. agree upon it. So, for example, we can talk about text messaging if it's yeah. not um, the form of having a kind of formal document. But, um, but there's yeah. always ways and means because, again, sometimes parents may not want to speak on the phone, but you're correct. You're right. Yeah. Actually having a, a form of a writing. So. Yeah, there is. If you Google sort of parental plans, you can find really amazing templates for the kind of things that should be factored into a co-parenting arrangement and that's what me and TJ's dad did right at the start and even then you know it's a working document because things change and they get older and you know all that kind of thing but there is kind of a blueprint of what's been arranged and if that's being broken on a repeated basis then a parental plan is a recognized document by um, the legal profession so that could be used if it needs to go forward to, to mediation or anything like that. So that's always a good place to start um, to just get that kind of all in writing and, and get you to both agree on how things should be. And then if they're not, then you've got that written down anyway. And we've got a final question from Mel, who's also from the UK. And she has asked, can you suggest any helpful strategies for your ex if they insist on thinking you will get back together? And he keeps on telling the kids this. Mel has been separated for 16 months now. So she just really needs some advice on how to deal with this because it seems that her ex is insisting on telling the children that they're getting back together. Oh gosh, that's really difficult. I feel for her deeply. Um, I guess all she can do is keep being honest with them herself and say, you know, daddy might have different opinions, but you know, the best thing for us as a family is to be separate. And just to reiterate it as strongly as her partner might be the other way. Um, I was kind of, again, fortunate in my situation that my ex moved on pretty fast and um, he's with someone else now and they're engaged. And so I'm fortunate that I don't have to think about that myself um and in a way that's been really beneficial for for tj as well because he's that kind of that um other person in his life and a little bit of stability in that side of his life which that has brought but i would say just stick your heels in as much as that other person is you can only be honest there's no point in lying and try to avoid any bad mouthing because you know maybe he does feel like there's some hope and you know, maybe that's a conversation you guys have when the kids aren't there. Um, if someone can look after them just for an hour and sit down and say, you know, this, this isn't going to work out and we need to have that conversation. And, you know, the kids shouldn't be given false hope for something which isn't going to happen. They need to recognize that this is the, the situation and they're only going to kind of acclimatize to that by not being getting told mixed messages about what might happen in the future. And that's that's really useful as well, because as you were just talking about the response regarding this, um, being mm. open, I totally agree. I just thought of a, another question around um, your parenting and what if your um, ex-partner has then gone on to have another relationship and then you do have some some ways and means of um, disciplining your child for example and if you're not happy with the way your ex-partner's new partner um, is maybe treating your child because your child has come back home and said I actually I don't like um, so-and-so and what they've said to me and I'm very upset um, mm. that, that that's another thing you may have um, an ex-partner who is not happy that their ex-partner has moved on so there's mm. lots, lots going on it's just how do parents deal with these scenarios yeah it's I, I can only imagine that it's really tricky and um, I'm, I am fortunate that my um, TJ's dad's partner is amazing and she's she's really wonderful with with TJ and she's very hands-on with him which is good but that doesn't mean that there isn't even between me and TJ's dad's maybe different approaches on how certain things should be done um 
at the moment it's more kind of a minor kind of issue that I'm aware of that you know kids know how to play up to different parents and you know TJ will try and he's four he's you know he's all about you know power tripping and getting attention and he will push buttons with me which I know he doesn't do with his dad and so you know there is different techniques that I know we both use to parent him and I just kind of accept it if there's nothing that's of any actual concern obviously that would be a different matter if there was something that was crossing a line just kind of go you know what that's okay and neither of us is wrong for the way we're doing it different approaches aren't necessarily a bad thing um, I think maybe also as as TJ gets older, he will understand that a little bit more that, you know, we don't all have to sing from the same hymn sheet as long as it's safe, respectful, kind, and, you know, no, nothing that should be of, of, an, um, of a concern. Um, so maybe just embrace it if it's okay. Um, that, you know, we are all individuals and not everyone's going to be the same. And I don't feel that it's a massive problem for us that things are done differently. I know they're done differently. Yeah. And my final question about relationships. I know you say you have moved on and your ex-partner has moved on um, Mm. with a new relationship. Like how Mm. do you introduce them to your, you know, your children and your ex-partner as well? Like, yeah, it was it was um, something that we actually talked about very early on when we were drawing up that parental plan that I mentioned and said, you know, obviously we're not going to stay single forever. So when people meet meet new partners, they should have been together for like six months, you know, a good period of time so that you know that that person is going to be around for, you know, maybe not forever, but for, you know, a significant period of time. So it's not sort of three or four dates and, oh, this is daddy's new girlfriend or mommy's new boyfriend or whatever. So it was to be really sure that, you know, particularly because Theo was only two, three years old, that anybody introduced in his life was potentially going to be a constant. Um, and when TJ's dad met his girlfriend, I went and had a drink with the two of them too, with TJ there. So I was able to um, meet her and be introduced. And, you know, um, again, I know with a lot of the, the complications that other people have, I'm fortunate that we do get on pretty well. Um, there's some awkwardness, but obviously there's going to be because of the situation, but we get on as much as we need to, which is great. Um, and it was very much about just biding time um, and, you know, really making sure that it was the right thing to do and not to kind of throw TJ into any more of a confusion about what was going on in his home than was required. Um, and it took me a bit longer to find someone else, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> fortunately, unfortunately, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, and so we tried to replicate the same thing and, and do it gradually and, um, you know, where in a, in a situation that TJ would be comfortable and happy with. And, you know, he's such an outgoing little boy, which I know a lot of the kids his age obviously are, that he was pretty open to it. And, you know, my, my boyfriend now and TJ got on really well. And it's really lovely to see that, you know, when I look back on where life was literally this, this time three years ago, I never would have thought this would have happened. And that, you know, both of us would find those new relationships with like amazing people in their own rights. And that that can only be a a good thing for us as people and as parents and therefore good for Theo. That's all we can hope for. So hopeful. So inspiring for all of the parents who are embarking on this. So thank you so much, Jude, for joining me. Thank you. And now, mums, if you are already a co-parent or are about to embark on this, remember you are not alone. 
If you've got any questions, get in contact with us on the socials at I'm a Mum Fix My Life on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Join us for the next podcast where we will be helping mums prepare for the world of work to get out in the industry to get hired. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast I'm a Mum Fix My Life. See you on the next podcast.